Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. With you as always is Gnarly Canary, and my guest today is... Uh, Sean Forney, comic book artist and illustrator. Woohoo! <laughs> so, uh, you've got a project that I've been seeing a lot of really cool updates on and smashing through stretch goals and really awesome. So, for me and for the audience, what exactly is this project? So the project is uh, a new issue of a creator-owned book that my wife and I do. Uh, it's called Scarlet Huntress Adventures. Uh, this is the uh, fourth issue in the main series, if you will. Uh, and it's the uh, sixth book overall that we've done with the character since uh, we first created her and started publishing back in 2004. Um, so right now we are we are running the Kickstarter to to fund that new issue, and uh, like you just mentioned, uh, we are we are jumping through the stretch goals. And uh, as of this morning, we are working on stretch goal number eight, I believe. Wow. Yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy. Uh, it was it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I, I hope this is going to work out, and I hope that we did enough homework to make this thing go through successfully. And uh, I'm just thoroughly blown away by everybody's response and uh, all the support everybody's thrown out there. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I thought uh, this would be like our first time doing the Kickstarter, where where we were just trying to push to hit the goal by the uh, time the uh, the campaign was done and. Now we're sitting here going, okay, let's let's try to push to get this stretch goal and that stretch goal, and trying to get everybody as many uh, many goodies added to their package as possible. Basically, I love that format that it lets you know independent independent people get projects out there that you know may not be seen because all the gatekeepers have kind of been uh, pushed to the side for a lot of really creative people. And on a Kickstarter, it's fun to get a butt ton of goodies on top of a really good book that you already believe in. So I, I love the Kickstarter and the, you know, the self funding structure for a lot of content creation. Now I, th- I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it, it affords uh, somebody like myself, the opportunity to put out a book without having to front a bunch of costs myself and trying to do the, um, the standard distribution model, which, uh, for most independent creators, it's just not affordable. So this this gives me plenty of opportunities. I can reach kind of my current current audience, if you will, like the people I would see at conventions or people I might be social media friends with. Um, but Kickstarter has an inherent built-in audience already that, that love comics. They love seeing what uh, uh, independent creators do. So... I get to reach that audience as well, and hopefully get a you know between the two get a nice culmination of uh, people that really are interested in the project. And and so far, what we've seen, everybody's been uh, just uh, amazing with the, the support and sharing the links and all that jazz, just to to get the word out and get everybody behind it. Yeah, I mean, you know, self fund campaigns like that. You know, you always hear about the double edged sword, but I think for that. The double-edged sword with that is actually a good thing because on your end, what you just talked about, and then as me as, as a reader and potential subscriber, you know, you feel more personal when you've got some skin in the game. And then, of course, you know, the reward tiers are, are just incentive on top of that. And it always feels good to, to hold a book in your hands that you know that in some way you liked what you saw and you were able to actually help get it 
into your own hands and other people's hands and feel almost like a sense of ownership of the community. You know, it, it's just a cool, it's just a cool double benefit model that I think it has, uh, has really changed the landscape of, you know, comic books and, and other content that, that get funded through stuff like Indiegogo and Kickstarter. So I, I just, I always reach out and support anything that's cool looking. And what I, what, what I kind of picked up on when you first started talking is the awesomeness of saying that this is a, your wife and, and you work together on this book. Yeah, yeah, we it so it all started back. Uh, like I said, we 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 first came up with the character in two thousand four. Um, actually, I think it was two thousand three. I think the book was first published in in oh four. Um, I was working with a small press publisher out of Cincinnati area, um, and I now currently in Columbus, Ohio. So you know, not too far down the road, and um, I was doing like some odds and ends stuff for them. And uh, they approached me. They they wanted to release this anthology, and they were looking to fill a few more pages to to give a nice hefty page count. Um, and uh, I was given the opportunity, like, to do a short story. They just said, "Here you go. You got free reign to do whatever you want." Um, and I was I had just graduated college. I was trying to pick up work in the industry, and um, I had I think at that point had already planned to set up at my first convention based on the advice of some, some fellow creators I'd met at the time. And so it was like, okay, perfect opportunity. We can come up with something to have at the table at the convention and, you know, have some sort of, uh, book sitting there. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, an opportunity to, uh, to come up with this. And we, at the time we, we, were engaged, but we, she lived uh, in the Columbus area and I lived in Toledo area. So we were, you know, a couple hour drive apart. And so it was, you know, quick phone call and some emails of, Hey, I got this opportunity. Do you want to, uh, come, come up with some sort of story that we can do for this thing? And, uh, just, you know, over a matter of a couple phone calls, emails, whatnot, we, we came up with the idea of, uh, doing a modern day descendant of little red riding hood, uh, who hunts werewolves in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, you know, from there, it just kind of spread out into us trying to uh, build on the character and uh, develop the story and her backstory and everything as we've gone along. And uh, it's always just been something as is kind of like a back burner project almost because it's, it's one of those things where we want to do it, but it's always got to fit in the schedule between uh paying projects for clients and whatnot. So, right. uh, you know, each, each project has been uh, like a roughly like five years in between being able to put out each issue. So, uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier with doing this whole Kickstarter thing and doing the crowdfunding is hopefully this will afford us the opportunity to put it out uh, a little bit quicker. So we're hoping get this book out hopefully sometime next year, we're on a Kickstarter to do another new issue that will uh, in our hopes, kind of wrap up the initial arc that we set out, uh, wrap up kind of the first storyline that we've been building on all this time, and uh, and then you know to, to touch on some some future stories and things like that. Because uh, uh, again, this is a great model to give us those opportunities to uh, put the material out there, get it in front of everybody, and uh, you know hope for the best that it works out and everybody goes after it. Right. So. Yeah. So, okay. So on the project, let, let's get it. You gave, you got into it a little bit, but so what is, 
the project. So, uh, so this book is uh, right now. It's uh, twenty-four pages or twenty-eight pages. I forget the page count. Uh huh. But it is going to be three short stories featuring Scarlet and uh, uh, three different scenarios. Um, one of the stories is Scarlet Goes to Comic-Con, and that's built off of a, a one-page story piece that I did for the uh, Columbus Convention Center. Uh, I was asked uh, a couple years ago to do a piece of artwork that would become part of the convention center's permanent collection. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So I was I was given this great opportunity, and uh, again, it was like one of those things where like they were, you've got free reign to do what you want, and so it's okay. You know, they 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 hold a, a convention there at the convention center, and so I utilized uh, different aspects of the Columbus area as kind of background elements and did a single page story, a, a silent story, like, you know, the old silent story where there's no text and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, did it just, uh, like Scarlet getting ready to go to Comic-Con and in this one single page story, it just ends with her walking into the entrance to the convention center. We don't know why she's there, what she's going to do. So my plan and when I did that was to build off of it and be like, okay, I want to have some fun. What's going to happen if she goes to Comic-Con? Why is she going there? She thinks there's a werewolf. What's going to happen? What's what's really going on at the convention? And so we, you know, after, you know, doing conventions for like the last 15 years, we've, we've seen and done all sorts of goofy stuff. Uh, so I'm trying to hide, you know, some of those goofy elements in there and it just gives the story some fun. So anybody that's ever been to a con will look at it and go like, yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff before, right. you know, it just those fun Easter eggs that, that I really enjoy get a kick out of, you know, not only putting into the, to the work, but, you know, it's this type of stuff I enjoy seeing in a movie or a comic or whatnot. And, uh, I, while I was working on it, I got the bright idea. It's like, well, I, I need to make this look like an actual con. So I was grabbing like basically some of my own photos and I decided, well, I got to hide some friends in here. Some of my friends picked up immediately when I sent them some in progress stuff. One of them, I mean, I, I did these pages back months ago and one of them, I, I told him about it, and he never picked up on it the first time. So I showed him again the other day, and he's like, "He's like, I completely missed this." <laughs> and so, so I got some friends that you know make some cameo appearances in there and that kind of fun stuff. And uh, it'll just be kind of the the fun little story that's in there. Uh, and then uh, the, the the other stories that we've got um, one is uh, Scarlet versus Gremlins. And uh, anybody that's familiar with, like, the uh, whole, like, UFO mythology and, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that, um, you know, everybody will, will probably recognize uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and Hangar 18. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I've always got a, a kick out of that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, I, I, I wanted to uh, have Scarlet go up against some gremlins. And I just thought, all right, perfect setting, you know, to build off of the old uh, stories where, where at least I was found out that was like one of the earliest, uh, like, origins of, of gremlins was uh, World War II, uh, like, mechanics and pilots blamed all the mechanical issues on gremlins. So I thought, what better place than to have this thing set at an Air Force base and, you know, the place where, the, you know, the supposed Roswell UFO was hidden and all this. So, you know, just, nice. just again, have, having some fun with, the, you know, some things I'm interested in and whatnot. And, uh, 
you know, just getting to mix some of these different uh, different creatures in there just to, to play around, change up the story a little bit so it's just not, you know, the same old thing being rehashed. Right. Um, oh, hold on. Have you seen the oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you seen the the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's in the He's in the plane yeah. during World War Two, and they got the. That's one of my favorite. Yes, yes, and um, uh, a few years back, uh, Disney did a release of a book that they they had. It was uh, written by uh, Roald Dahl, who did like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. BFG James and yeah, he's my daughter and I have gone through every one of his books together. Awesome, awesome. So, so you're familiar with him, know you know the kind of stuff he writes. Well, back. Um, I, I don't remember what year exactly he did this, but he wrote a story um, about Gremlins, and Disney had the rights to it for you know decades. And so, um, a few years back, they finally released it as like a, a children's book. It's got these cool illustrations that makes it look like. And they actually, as far as I know, did a couple of animated shorts, like the Bugs Bunny thing you just mentioned. Um, but it was just the Gremlins, I think, causing trouble for. Uh, uh, Donald Duck, I believe, in the same kind of scenario. You know, he was in a plane and they were messing up the plane and all this kind of stuff. And so they released this kids' book, and uh, it, it's all based on that whole uh, that that story and whatnot of the of the mechanics and the you know the issues they had, and and that again was kind of another influence on wanting to do. Uh, do the story this way. Um, cool. So you know, I just trying to bring in some of these uh, these fun, like kind of like historic whether whether or not they really happened or whatever. But uh, yeah, you know, I know what you just mean. Trying to play on that. Um, and then uh, the the third story uh, continues uh, the the overall story arc we've had for Scarlet from the get go, where she's trying to discover um, the who, how, where, why, when, what of her mother's death. And oh, wow. Okay. So, so she, she finds out in, in early on in the, like the first issue and, um, we've kind of built on it since then is she finds out she's, she's the descendant of little red riding hood and their, their whole family lineage is their, their werewolf huntresses. It's passed down generation to generation. Well, before she was able to find out like, you know, this was part of her, her heritage and whatnot. She had taken off. She'd left home. Uh, she only comes back home when she finds out her uh, mother's been murdered. She comes back and her, basically, like, her whole world opens up. She finds out that there's all this history, you know, what her family's done. She has to learn how to, uh, you know, take up this mantle and, uh, you know, try to discover Again, the, the, those questions of who, how, where, why, what, when, um, as to as to how her mother died, why she was murdered, and the only the only thing she keys in to is this whole werewolf idea, and you know, there, there's there's like a clan of werewolves in Columbus, so she's trying to figure out, you know, how she was murdered, who did it, and uh, you know, we keep following her along as she tries to discover. You know who's responsible, and uh, so this this newest story will tie into that and tie into some uh, some other just uh, like different elements that we've wanted to work into the story, and and then our hope is, like I said uh, earlier, is to uh, to take that that overall story arc that we've been doing, and hopefully in the next couple of years have that that wrapped up from there. Uh, so this is like you know that next little continuation of it. Nice, that's awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've said it a bunch on different episodes with different artists and stuff, but I, I find myself much more drawn to um, smaller publishing houses and more indie books. So that's like right up my alley. For, awesome, for stuff awesome. I'm looking for, I think a lot of people are. Um, you know, if you look the, the the big houses, it's it's really hard to keep up with trying to follow just a storyline. Mm-hmm. So to find a book that is self-contained that you can just enjoy, and it's you don't need eighteen different variants of eighteen different universes that will eventually once again fold on themselves with some sort of crisis or secret war. It's just a story you can get into. It's uh, I think it's refre- it's refreshing because there there's a lot of noise, you know, in the comic industry today. And, oh sure, sure. You know, it may all have the same musicians in the band, but there's like eighteen different songs that you have to follow on a monthly band. I guess that's an analogy I can use to try to follow. You know, it would be like if you were if you were a fan of like punk music, but in order to get the complete story, you had to buy like eighteen different bands' albums oh, sure, on a sure. monthly basis. <laughs> like you just end up poor and confused and probably a little bitter, <laughs> which I think might explain some of the trollery online. I think people are just getting frustrated. So this, this kind of stuff is, is perfect. I, I think. And, and that's why I was saying it's such a good thing that a lot of the gatekeepers have kind of been pushed to the side to allow, you know, the kind of creativity and, and the art and the talent that, that this book will bring. You know, as opposed to all the noise of some of the other stuff. And, and you know, n- not hating on books I grew up loving. I mean, Batman will always be my favorite fictional character of all time. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to just have a good book that you can just get into and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, uh, our thing has always been, like, like, like I said earlier, this has always kind of been something on the back of our minds that we wanted to put out there and, and get out there and... Uh, I, I uh, through a couple of like happenstances of uh, uh, you know going back to like I said I was I was asked to do the uh, piece for our local convention center so that kind of like got the wheel spinning a little bit and then uh, I had a, a friend that that had been talking about wanting to do like a crossover story and wanted to do this Kickstarter thing but he didn't really know how it worked so. Uh, I was like, well, if we're going to do this, like, you know, we need to do some research and whatnot. And, you know, I've, this, this is our third Kickstarter. So I, you know, the, nice. the previous yeah. two we've run, it was like, you know, a learning experience each time. And even this is a learning experience, but since then I've had the opportunity to work with some really talented individuals, uh, that have done some amazing stuff through Kickstarter. And I, I picked up as much as I could along the way and have, I've tried to utilize some of the stuff I've learned from them from either seeing how they do it or talking with them, what, what have you. And, uh, you know, we did, so we did all this research and it was like, well, I just spent all this time doing all this research on it. And, you know, I've already got part of one of the stories started. It's like, maybe, you know, now's a good time to like jump in and do this. And so, you know, it was like, once we finally got all of our ducks in a row, it was like, okay, let's, let's launch this and, you know, try to, get it to correspond to a couple of conventions we're doing so we can promote it in person and so on and so forth. And, you know, I just, you know, things kind of fell in the, the right places for us to be able to do this right now. And, um, you know, again, hoping that uh, this will lead to some more stuff down the road. 
Oh yeah, definitely. So I was going to ask, how's the, uh, how's the con reception for, for Scarlet and, and what you guys are trying to do? Um, so the, the, when we kicked off, uh, running this Kickstarter, we were actually on the drive to Chicago for C2E2 back last month. Nice. Um, so it, it, it went over really well where we were at the con. Um, we, we launched it, um, like right at the start of our drive and, about uh, for, for us, Chicago is about a six hour drive and about halfway through the drive you know we stop off for a restroom break or whatever and i'm you know pop out the phone and you know just try to check on and see how it's going i'm like oh wow we've already hit you know about the halfway mark on our goal i'm like this is this is incredible and you know i was just completely stunned and blown away and uh and so we get to the con, and so we're at the con, you know, trying to do all the typical stuff of, like, me doing sketches and then uh, doing signings of various books and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to keep the Kickstarter updated and trying to, you know, post all these things while the con's going on and kind of kind of losing my marbles while I'm doing all of it. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was blown away by, by folks that had seen the Kickstarter info, showed up to our table for either... So what we did was we were giving away buttons. If anybody uh, backed the Kickstarter and walked up and showed us proof that they backed the Kickstarter, they got a free button. Nice. So we had a, we had a couple people do that, which was really cool. And we actually had a number of people that grabbed uh, the first couple of issues because they wanted to get caught up before backing the Kickstarter. And uh, like typically over the last few years, uh, you know, my experience of, of being at cons and trying to sell a create your own book. It, you know, it can be a struggle at times. So I was, I was really thrilled to see it go over really well, and and see people actually interested in picking up the stuff, and uh, you know, not only just picking up the stuff at the con and being interested in it that way, but then uh, actually taking the time back to Kickstarter and, and wanting to see the story progress. Definitely, yeah, that's awesome. So you said, uh, what is, is this the first book you've done, or so tell every? I mean, I guess. I'll ask like I don't know. So, what what's your background in, in comics, and uh, have you worked on them before? So I, I've been working in comics for about the last fifteen or sixteen years. Um, I've done all sorts of stuff, um, everything from from working on uh, you know small independent stuff uh, since I got started, and I still do. Um, but uh, over the past few years, uh, I've done work for. Um, Zenoscope, um, Source Point Press, uh, Alterna Comics. Um, I've done licensing work for Marvel and DC. Uh, wow! Done, done sketch cards for uh, Upper Deck and Marvel. Um, for over over the last like I want to say it's like six years now. Uh, I've worked with uh, Marat Michaels on his. Uh, Various creator-owned properties like Do You Poo, Naughty and Nice, Hardly Thin, uh, and for those, I've done everything from. Uh, primarily, I, I color a lot of work for Marat, but Marat's also have me uh, drawn some interiors for Naughty and Nice. I've drawn a handful of covers for the various books, um, and uh, like I've done stuff for Lego, Scholastic. Uh, Wow! Back a, years, back a few years ago, when it was popular, uh, I worked on the artwork for the um, the Bakugan stuff. It was it was kind of like a po- Pokemon type game. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I know I, it. I did the I did cards for that for like three years. Um, 
and yeah, I've, I've done all sorts of other stuff uh, here recently. I've, I've even done some uh, stuff for some animation for uh, tire discounters. So wow. I've, <laughs> I, I've done, uh, like I said, just about anything and everything. No, that's awesome. That That's quite a pedigree there. Uh, I heard the word Alterta and my ears went up. Um, that company has is just a special place to me. Um, I've had, you should go through my past guest list. You'll probably see people you've sat in meetings with or been to conventions with. Um, I've had a lot of uh, Pete Samedi's guys on. I've had Pete on himself. He is... He is a sweetheart of a man. <laughs> the guy who runs all turn. I love that dude. Awesome, awesome. I have not uh, not met him in person. Um, only chatted a couple times because because uh, the stuff I did with them, um, I worked through uh, Garrett Gunn, who wrote um, Go West. Yep. Uh, so I've I've only ever really interacted with Garrett, and uh, I'm I'm doing some new stuff for Garrett at uh, Source Point Press right now. Um, he's got a new book called Franklin and Ghost Origins. It's the uh, it's the origin of the character Delilah. Um, oh wow! And so I'm coloring the book for him. Uh, Marcello Trom uh, did the pencils and inks for it, mm. and uh, as of this morning, I'm a, I'm a little more than halfway through it. I'm shooting to have it done by the end of the month for him, and then I believe it'll come out sometime next month. Uh, Garrett's put in place like a new, like he was doing crowdfunding uh, through like Kickstarter and whatnot to pay for the pay for the process of doing the books and whatnot, but he started up a. A new way of doing it, which I don't fully understand, so he'd be the guy to like get the full <laughs> scoop from. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, that book should be due out in the next couple of months. Um, and I've also done like a number of covers for uh, Franklin and Ghost and some some of his other stuff that he's got in the works. That's really awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to work with some really cool folks that, that are in the industry, and, and Garrett's definitely one of them. He. Uh, He's, he's had me do a number of stuff over the last couple of years, everything from stuff he already had going to stuff he's pitching and and everything in between. So it's it's always, it's always great to work with somebody like that that's, you know, not only just a cool individual, but he's got some really cool projects. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so with, with you working on comics for this long, so was this like pursuing a, a childhood dream with a love of comics or just something that – you know, you, you had a talent for art and it's just gone in that direction. So, I mean, has comics always been a part of, of who you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really has. Um, so like when I was a kid, probably like four or five years old or whatever, like I, I had, I guess a unique opportunity where it was like, um, you know, my dad could like take me to work with him when like, uh, you know, I didn't have school or, you know, before I was in kindergarten or whatnot. And I, I think some of the times it was like, take a trip to the corner drugstore and dad would be like, here, you know, grab some comic books to read. So you, you know, got something to keep you occupied or whatnot. Uh. And, um, so like the, the very first book I remember ever picking up was uh, a Marvel comics presents, uh, Spider-Man. So it was a reprint of like one of the sixties or seventies, uh, Spider-Man stories. And, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I had already seen the character from watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yo. And it was like, it was like, Oh cool. You know, there's a comic book. There's, there's, there's more stories. There's more of this, more of that. And I, that got me hooked. And, you know, as, as a kid from, like I said, I was like four or five years old, whatever, up until about the time I was in third grade, you know, my experience with comic books was 
grabbed me at the corner drugstore or grocery store or what have you. And uh, about the time I was in like third grade, um, that's when they started doing uh, the Spider-Man um, Maximum Carnage storyline. Yup. Oh, Lord, I had that. <laughs> All of those. Uh, yeah, I, I still do. And uh, that's that's what like really got me my got got my interest peaked in and just got me completely hooked on it um, because around that time when that was coming out, I found out there was you know such thing as a comic book store. And uh, my mom took me to the comic shop and I picked up like a couple of books that were on the rack. and uh, you know we started talking to the guy that, that worked there and uh, he, he explained to my mom and I, you know, it's like, well, we could, you know, get you set up with a pull list and we'll get you, you know, all these books so you can, you know, read the whole story. That's how they get you. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that blew my mind. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I can get all of these. And, and so we did. So I, I stuck with it until we got like, like the whole run of like the maximum carnage storyline. Like I, I went and picked everything up and I did that pretty religiously for like probably about a year. And then I, I kind of fell out of it just because, you know, whatever, I was a kid and it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm into this now or whatever. Um, and so like, like I stayed in, I stayed with comic books through, through every once in a while, still grabbing some books here and there. And then, um, about that same time, they, they started releasing all the, uh, the different trading cards, you know, all the Marvel trading cards and whatnot. And so it was like, that was our thing. Like, I, I still remember it like recess, you know, all, all the bunch of friends we would all go outside and be like oh i got this one i got this one who's you know who's got extra of this whatever and so you know that just kind of kept me hooked and introduced me to all sorts of other characters i was you know never familiar with never seen because you know my experience was limited to whatever was on a saturday morning cartoon at that point dude i spent so much money on those things i had you know there are some kids that you know you had the binder yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the sleeves, there were some kids. They came in with baseball cards and hockey cards and basketball cards, and it was me, Matt Lucas, and Ian Lewis in fifth grade at Cohannet Middle School every day with him freaking binders out going through. And then they started coming out with the hologram cards and the foil yep. cards, and yep. do so much. And I had a paper route, right? So I mean, I'm I'm almost forty, so I'm old. And I had like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, the papers arrived on the porch every day. It was a seven day a week paper for where I grew up in Taunton, Massachusetts. And um, I roll your own papers and put them in the big green bag with the orange strap, put them on the front of the bike and go do it every day. Right. I did that until I could get a work permit and then I got a work permit and then got a real job. But I always had money because I had a paper route. So, um, it's so. What and like what what you were saying, you know, going to the going to the newsstand or the corner drugstore. There was a place in Taunton, Massachusetts called um, Park News, and it was owned by one of the old uh, the old guys, a uh, guy named Mister Bentley, who lived on the street I grew up in in Taunton. And um, he was a lawyer, and his office was above it, but he owned a corner drugstore underneath oh wow, wow. And, yeah so i'd go in there with my paper root money and it was butterfingers a jolt cola <laughs> and basically the whole bottom row of everything um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that place because he had a humidor uh downstairs and when you walked in all you smelled was newsprint and cigars and it was like the most beautiful smell in the world oh, uh, yeah, to yeah, me as definitely. a kid 
So, I mean, I got hooked about the same time you did. And so much of my paper route money went to cards and comics and uh, the Nestle company, because I think they're the ones who make Butterfinger. But, um, yeah, I remember just having what I think my parents thought it was a problem when I had to <laughs> when I had to get the second binder because the other one wouldn't really close flat anymore because I had so many uh, plastic card holder pages in the first one that I moved on to the second one. And my dad kind of cocked his eyebrow one day, like you might need to slow down a little bit. And I was like, that's fine. I figured out I love action figures. And then I started buying, those. <laughs> <laughs> started buying those. I had like the entire run of the Batman animated series. Those really cool looking action figures. They put out that, that didn't look like yeah. GI Joe. They didn't look like the Marvel. And I had a bunch of the X-Men toys, but they had their own style that followed the style of the cartoon. So, yeah, I spent so much money on 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 nerd culture when I was younger before a lot of people before it got oversaturated like it is now. It was it was this endless money pit of holy crap. That's cool. I need it. Yep. <laughs> I was a kid. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I still have a couple cards somewhere. Uh, you know, ones that even through, you know, leaving, graduating high school and leaving for the military at 18 and and then traveling the country and then settling. And there's still some stuff from my childhood collector days that I still that, that I managed to hold on to. I've had to I've had to recollect a lot of stuff, you know, just because I moved around so much for a little while. And my wife uh, will put me outside if I bring much more <laughs> in, into the house at this point. <laughs> that's, that's awesome yeah i mean like, like i said I, I got you know as a kid probably the pretty much the exact same experience and uh and so you know back to your question you know it's was it's always there or whatever so it was like you know i just went hand in hand as being a, a kid and and wanting to draw and you know just uh, like it was something i could do I, again it was one of those things where like you know uh mom and dad handed me some crayons and you know sit there and play with crayons for most of the day and uh you know i fell in love with that fell in love with comics and when i was in uh like middle school uh, i read a wizard magazine article that interviewed uh, joe Matarera and how mm. how he broke in the industry and uh the the thing i keyed into because you know as a kid like like reading comics and stuff you know i'd see the credits page and you know uh, you know, as like a elementary school kid, you see you see the name Jim Lee, and you know, see you know Stan Lee presents. You know, I just thought you know maybe Jim Lee was Stan Lee's kid. I had no clue. There was <laughs> right. There wasn't, it wasn't like they put the pictures of the people in the comics, so I, I had no no clue as to who any of these people were. And in my head, everybody making comic books were still the guys that invented them in the '60s. And um, you know, I read that article and I was like, oh, you know, so that's how it works. This is this is how they break in. And and the and the big key thing was uh, Joe Matarero broke in at like sixteen because he was a, he was an intern at Marvel while he was still in high school. Oh and, man! And I, and you know, I was probably like thirteen at the time when I was reading this. So I'm like, wait a minute, he was only a couple years older than me. So that was just kind of like my inspiration to. to you know, figure out, okay, how do I do this? You know, what do I got to do? And, um, you know, from, from there on, it was just trying to, uh, pursue that career and, you know, and, you know, did all the stuff to, to, to break in and whatnot. And, and, you know, fast forward and here I am. <laughs> 
That's amazing, man. Like, I always admire that because I can't draw. For a kid who's loved comic books, my, 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 my albatross is that I, even at 38, I can barely eke out a Ninja Turtle that looks like a Ninja Turtle. Like, I can't draw. But I, you know, but, but I write, you know, and, and I write stories all the time, but I don't have. It, to love the comic medium and to not be able to draw to tell the stories, it's it's so frustrating. <laughs> but so yeah, man, I, I love hearing I, lo- I love hearing that because it, that's it's something that always slipped me. I I just I can't and I can't blame it on being left handed. Like I blame everything on being left handed. That makes me <laughs> weird, you know. But that I can't because everybody I knew could at least draw decently, and then. You know, there there are kids I'm sure like you and the the kid I mentioned earlier, Matt Lucas. That kid could look at a card, and then that would be his paper bag book cover on his book the next day. And you're just like, shut up, dude! Like, <laughs> you suck so bad for being able to do that. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's awesome that you were able to, to 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 get in like that and be inspired at that young age, and then actually make it work. That's really cool. A lot of people. You know, they have a dream and, and they let it go for other things, you know, as, as they either get an impression of what an adult's supposed to be in their head or or they don't have, you know, enough drive to do it. And, you know, you you were able to do it. So, I mean, that that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of trial and error. Excuse me, a lot of trial and error, and uh, you know, struggle and whatnot. And you know, thankfully, it's it's you know gotten me to the point where I'm at now, and just you know, always trying to make things bigger, better. You know, you know, just try to make everything progress to its a you know as good as I can get it. I guess. Understood. So okay, so so let's go over it one more time for everybody. The book is Scarlet Huntress. Yes. Okay. And where can they find you and stuff for the book other than the Kickstarter? Because you know we'll, we'll we'll definitely get back into the Kickstarter how people can follow it and and everything else and support it. But for for like your day to day stuff, so they can follow your other work and see what else is going on and get updates. Where can people find um, you? So uh, I got my website, uh, SeanForney.com. It's S-E-A-N-F-O-R-N-E-Y.com. Uh, Facebook is Sean Forney Illustration. And then Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram are at Sean Forney Art. Nice. So there's multiple venues for people to get their, get their eyes on your work and see what's going on with you. Yeah, yeah, and I, I try to, you know, keep up with it as, as much as possible, probably a little excessive at times, but, uh, you know, I try to try to post some new artwork, post, uh, you know, like my convention schedule, things I'm working on, uh, when I find out something's being released, all that stuff, I try to keep updated on social media, uh, and the website, uh, you know, I, I try to keep that updated when I can, that's more of like, uh, you know, just an online portfolio uh, for for the most part and uh yeah i mean uh, anybody follows me on social media you know one thing will link to the other so you can find and track down all of it pretty easily awesome okay and then for the big deal for for the kickstarter uh what can people uh where can people go to 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 support it other than going to the kickstarter side i mean i know that's a cheesy question but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the easy easy part of it is to go to kickstarter.com and search Scarlet Hunters Adventures, and you'll find it there. Um, if you 
follow me on any of the social media that I already mentioned. Uh, I've been posting links to it left and right there. Um, and then, uh, you know, outside of that, if you track me down at a con, you know, sometime later this year, I will more than likely have all this stuff, uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, anybody comes up with any questions on how any of this stuff works, you know, you can contact me through any of the means I mentioned and, uh, you know, try to get stuff, uh, stuff answered for anybody. Nice. So you've said you, you guys have already gotten through seven stretch goals working on the eighth already. Yes. Oh, so if somebody backs now, did they get all the all the previous steps, and then they get to join in on the going forward, depending on on how they follow the the tier level? Yeah, yeah. So, so what we've got going on is we've got a, uh, a package where you can get a digital copy of the book through drivethroughcomics.com, and uh, we reached the first stretch goal, which means if you backed for the digital reward, everybody gets every story that we've done in digital format through drivethroughcomics.com. Nice. Uh, so you get you know all, all four issues. You get uh, the ancillary stories we've put out, the whole works. Um, and anybody that backs for a physical reward, meaning they're going to get something shipped to them, they're going to have a hard copy in hand, uh, those folks will also get all the digital copies. But uh, stretch goals two through nine um, will all get shipped to them. So we, we did an early bird $10 package. That one has already sold out. So right now, if you jump in 15 bucks, you get uh, a copy of the, the brand new book. You get uh, six uh, mini prints. They're six by nine prints. So you're going to get six of those out of two of the stretch goals. You're going to get uh, a set of Scarlet's hunting, or excuse me, Scarlet's cryptid hunting club stickers. I think there's six stickers in that set. And then we've got another set of stickers where there's three in it. And uh, we just this morning hit the stretch goal for a metal bookmark. So, uh, you know, again, if you back it for 15 bucks and you're, you're going to get the book shipped to you and you're going to get everything I just mentioned in your package for 15 bucks. Now, of course, there's all sorts of other uh, rewards packages you can back because we've got uh, three variant covers. Um, so I got Marat Michaels to do a variant cover, nice. Daryl Banks and uh, Carlations, uh, Carlo Gala. So we got. Uh, some variant covers. There's all sorts of packages where you can get different variations. You can get all of them if you want them. We've got a package of just prints. Uh, we, we tried to come up with something to hit everybody's different wants and needs, uh, including we've got some stuff for retailers. So if you're if you're a comic book shop, it, whether you're brick and mortar or online, you can get a retailer package uh, of different sizes. Um, we've even got one set up where if, if you're uh, some sort of retailer and want to do your own variant cover have us like a, a shop exclusive we've got a package for that so again we try we try to hit everybody's you know yeah uh, their wants and you know try to get everybody uh uh you know make everybody happy yeah that's a great reward system we, that, that's we awesome yeah yeah trying to figure it out <laughs> that's no that no that's like really well tiered um that's yeah so i mean 15 bucks just to jump in, that's that's a lot of comic for fifteen bucks. I mean, I just bought the Detective Comics, you know, one thousand, and that was ten bucks just by itself. 
Right, right. Right, yeah. So for 15 bucks, you're getting back issues. You're getting a hard co- copy of the of the newest physical issue. You get the st- – yeah. And then all the other goodies that come with it. So it's kind of a no-brainer, honestly. Yeah, that's that's what we wanted people to, uh, you know, feel like they're getting their money's worth. Because, um, yeah, I mean, comic prices keep going up, and it's, you know, I want, I want to make it fair as possible and, you know, uh, you know provide as much, you know, fun stuff in there as, as we can. And so I'm very thankful that everybody's, you know, jumped on board and helped us hit all these stretch goals so we can get all these things added to the packages. Cause you know, I, I mean, this whole thing, you know, it's, it's dependent on everybody uh, wanting to pick this thing up. I mean, uh, it, it's not going to happen without everybody's support. So, you know, that's everybody that's backed it. They're, they're the reason this thing's coming to life. Okay. So that's all the details on the, on the Kickstarter and get your eyeballs on, on the website and, and pick the package that works for you. It's kind of a, a no lose situation. Um, it's a good book. The art that I've seen on it on, on Sean's social media is amazing looking. You know, you get a bunch of back issues, you get the ancillary stories and all that. So I know I'm pledging this weekend and, um, I expect some of you to do the same. Follow Uncle Jay's advice. Uh, this is a really good deal, and that's actually why I uh, I definitely wanted to get in touch with Sean and get this where you guys can see it and hear it because y'all love comics as much as I do, and this is a really good book and and a really good deal that, that really can't be passed up and you don't want to miss out. So uh, thanks for your time today, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. This has been great, and I, I appreciate you getting the word out to everybody. Heck yeah, and and for every you know uh, you know we, we gave the links earlier, but but uh, get in touch with Sean on social media, and then look at some of his past work and support that too, because that will also help you know getting this book to us. Uh, comfort a comfort pocket is a comfort pocket that uh, allows artists and writers and stuff that do stuff we appreciate to 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 uh, have the room to to bring us more stuff. So uh, yeah, definitely, dude, no problem. Awesome, thank you. All right. 